Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another weekly news roundup. But before, before we start off with all the news from the last week, I actually have an announcement to make, and that is that you can now help fund CCC through Kofi. If you don't know what Kofi is, I mean, it might be coffee, but it's K-O-F-I, so I personally pronounce it Kofi, because that's how it looks to me. But anyway, Kofi is just Patreon, but not crap. Because I don't know if any of you, if many of you guys know, but Patreon now charges people who are supporting, frankly, who are supporting their favorite content creators or artists or whatever. They charge people supporting content creators, artists, etc. admission to support people. So you have to pay Patreon just to pay someone else, so it's... Stupid and doing they're doing a bunch of other lame stuff. So Kofi has none of that. And that's the pro that's the platform that I am on. If you go to ko-fi.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum, you can see my page and you can help support the show. I have an ad that I'm writing while actually while I'm recording. I mean, not in the very moment while I'm recording this, but after I'm recording, I'm gonna write the ad. So in the ad, I'll talk a little bit more about the benefits and some of the things that you can expect. But yeah. KO-FI.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum if you would like to support my work, if you would like to support what I do. There's also an event I'm going to in August, and I need a laptop so that I can edit while I'm there so I can get that content, podcast, video, articles, and photos out to you guys a little bit faster. So once again, I will talk more about that in the upcoming ad, but in the meantime... Uh, let's let's do the news, right? Because I'm sure that we've had a lot of stuff happen recently. Like everything kind of broke loose yesterday, if you know what I'm talking about. So let's get into it. Manual gearbox Ferraris are now worth up to twice as much as paddle shift cars. That what? Uh huh? Stick shift F430s are in such high demand they've become more valuable than the hardcore F4. Th- sorry, well yeah, F430 Scuderia. Oof. If it's like 30,000 more, or 40,000 more, or God forbid, 50,000 more, oh, I'm going to be sad. Not that I don't disagree with those cars going higher up in value, because those engines, Ferrari's engines with a manual gearbox, especially a gated 6-speed manual, would just be heaven on earth, but I'd still be very sad. Stellantis details its four new EV platforms. Yeah, we're going to be getting into that very, very soon. Hints at high-performance models that can hit 62 miles per hour in two seconds. The STLA large platform will underpin all-wheel drive performance vehicles as well as American muscle cars. In the second part after the break, we'll get into that more specifically. We'll dive. We'll dive in deep. But for now, let's keep let's keep reading some headlines. C8 Chevy Corvette mar- C8 Corvette markups are still here and rise to almost a hundred thousand dollars. With Chevrolet not accepting orders for the 2021 model year and some customers having to wait until 2022 to get theirs, it's a seller's market. Whew! Custom-built C7 Audi RS6 sedan with 789 horsepower is the Hulk of performance family cars. The C7 RS6 was officially available only as an Avant, yet a modified sedan is available for sale in Germany. I like that. I like the idea of that greatly. Reynolds Hivia H. HYVIA Venture will offer fuel cell LCVs and hydrogen refueling stations. The French-based company will also focus on sustainable hydrogen production, storage, and distribution. McLaren F1's or McLaren McLaren's Formula One fall from grace might have been avoided if it weren't for bad blood. 
McLaren's boss may have become too focused on a feud with the head of the FIA, leading to its downfall. That sounds pretty interesting. After 49 years, Subaru has produced their millionth all-wheel drive vehicle. This marks the 20 millionth all-wheel drive Subaru since the introduction of the Leone, or the Leon, perhaps? Four-wheel drive estate van in 1972. Not gonna lie, that's a little bit newer than I was expecting. GM recalling 410,000 pickups over airbags that can explode without warning. This time it's the 2015 to 2016 Chevrolet Silverado and GMC Sierra trucks that are affected by the latest recall. The S211 Special Order Mercedes-AMG E63 Wagon will make your supermarket runs exciting again. Only 153 units of S211 AMG E63 wagons were sold in the U.S. market without Mercedes ever advertising. Well then, no duh! You didn't advertise it, Mercedes! Mess you! Ram is bringing a new mid-sized electric truck into the market together with two electrified 1500s. Ram hinted at a new mid-sized truck based on the STLA large electric platform. I wonder if they're going to call that the, that the Dakota. To be honest, with it being a mid-size... It would make sense to call that the Dakota, especially to go up against the electric... Oh, wait, no, not the electric Ranger, because that's not a thing yet. Yeah, Ram, you might want to call that the new Dakota. I would. Stellantis confirms eight new STLA platform electric models by 2026. Let's take, a, let's take a closer look at the upcoming electrified models from Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, and others that were previewed during the Stellantis EV day. Mazda recalls more than 260,000 Mazda 3s for shattering steering wheel logo. 10 injuries have been reported as a result of a steering wheel emblem that can shatter when the airbag is deployed. Mercedes will largely eliminate internal combustion engines by the end of the decade. Mercedes is also expected to phase out plug-in hybrids. BMW and VW fined $1 billion by EU for running emissions cartel. What? What? Come again in emissions cartel? Like some mafia deal? The German automakers colluded to keep better emissions-reducing devices out of its vehicles, argued the EU. Oh, we gotta read that. You know we gotta read that. Osprey's two-door 1997 Land Rover Defender LS3 V8 is just about perfect for resto mod lovers. Powering this 1997 Land Rover Defender soft top is a 6.2-liter LS3 with 435 horsepower. Over 331,000 Chevrolet Silverado and GMC Sierra trucks recalled for fire hazard. GM said it's aware of 24 potential related fire fires. Or sorry, related fires, not related fire fires. That doesn't make any sense. Also, what is up with all the recalls? We have three in the span of two pages. I'm only on the second page right now. And we've had three huge recalls. What is that about? And two of them are, GM, are, are, are General Motors trucks. Huh? Someone might want to explain what what is going on here. Like, is this recall week or Jesus? If we get two more recalls, if we get two more recalls, I'm gonna flip my desk. Okay, just full on, just full on Hulk smash. Zpeng or Xpeng introduces face of the G3, known as the G3i. The face of the G3i has updated looks and improved tech. Volvo drops V70 wagon in the United States for 2022. While the standard V90 is dead, the V90 cross-country will continue to be sold. Toyota halts donations to Congress members that oppose... What do you mean halt? Oh, okay. Halts, halts donations to Congress members that oppose 2020 election certification. Toyota donated over $1 million during 2019 and 2020 to both Democrats and Republicans. Hennessy's Legend Edition Ford Mustang GT packs a Shelby GT500 
GT500 beating 808 horsepower, or in other words, the same as a Dodge Demon running on 90, uh, 91 octane, or is it 90, I think it's on 93 octane at the very least. Hennessy is building just 50 examples of this special Ford Mustang GT. General Motors won't help tuners crack the C8 Corvette because it wants to protect you from hackers. The Chevrolet C8 Corvette's Global B architecture makes it ECU hack-proof, or so they say. One of the lowest mileage air-cooled Porsche 993s in the world could be yours, plus two more special 911s. The lot features a 122-mile 993 Carrera 4, as well as two sub-5-mile 997 Speedsters. Tempting. The Lister Bell STR is a road legal Lancia Rally replica that stays close to its roots. With original examples of the Stratos thin on the ground, why would anyone want one of these instead? Or sorry, why wouldn't anyone want one of these instead? Shareholders ask a $2.6 billion question. Does Tesla control Musk or does Musk control Tesla? Whether Elon Musk controls Tesla will be at the heart of the question if he forced Tesla to buy a company for, its, for his own enrichment. Halo launches new Halo, like the game? Not the game, but still, it's funny. Halo launches new rideshare service with remote-operated drone cars. Halo is mining users for data, but in an interesting way that it says could help it eventually bring Level 3 autonomy to Las Vegas. Hyundai and Kia join Canadian firm to create green hydrogen. Hyundai and Kia remain confident in the future of hydrogen in the automotive industry. Upcoming Lexus EV models to focus on performance and driving dynamics. The production version of the Lexus LFZ electrified concept will offer great straight-line performance and driver-focused handling. That is going to be it for this segment, though. I will see you all after the break because ha, we have a huge segment ahead of us. During this break, I want to inform you all that you can now monetarily support this podcast and indeed the entirety of Cody's Car Conundrum with Kofi. Uh, well, it might be coffee, but it's spelled K-O-F-I, and that's weird, so I say it Kofi. In any case, Kofi is an alternative to Patreon where, beautifully and as it should be, you the supporters don't have to pay a fee, like on Patreon, to support my work. So if you like what I do and want to see me cover, slash talk about, slash make a video regarding something specific, or want me to branch out into other areas of car culture, then head over to ko-fi.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum, where you can make a minimum donation of $5 towards me and the brand. Or, you can donate to my current goal of getting a new travel laptop. There's an event I'm going to in a month, and having a travel laptop will not only help me work on said content while away from home, but it would help me unload my SD card so I can cover more of the event. In return, you'll be helping me afford new equipment, like the travel laptop, or upgrades to my existing tools, you'll receive polls asking what topic you want me to dive into next, you'll get to see voted and non-voted content before public release, various forms of recognition for your support, and the ability to vote on merch designs you'd like to see on the Teespring store. Now, let's get back to the show. Alrighty, everyone, we are back. Hold on, hold on, hold up. Okay, so we're going to start off with all the Solantis stuff from their EB day. But first, I want to point out that the writer of this article, or the author of this article for Car Scoops, uh, their name is Thanos. <laughs> Boys, we might have a problem. We might have to call in... The, RA, the RAF, we might have to call in the FBI. <laughs> Thanos wrote this article. We might be in trouble, y'all. Let's move on. Let's move away from this terrifying realization that we get onto the article itself. Stellantis executives had a pretty busy schedule yesterday at the group's EV Day event where they announced the electrification... Uh, thank you. Electrification plan for all 14 brands. 
As part of the presentation, it was confirmed that eight new models based on the new STLA Large architecture will debut by 2026. The ST STLA Large is one of the four modular fully electric architectures Solantis will use for its future models, alongside STLA Small, STLA Medium, and STLA Frame, which will be used for trucks and, I imagine, body-on-frame type vehicles. The vehicles based on the large platform will have a length of 4.70 to 5.40 meters, or 185 to 212.6 inches, and a width of 1.90 of 1 or 2.03 meters, or 74.8 to 79.9 inches. The batteries will have a capacity of 101 kilowatt hours to 118 kilowatt hours, offering up to 500 miles or 800 kilometers of range between charges, which is getting with the program. Thank you. Ralph Gilles, Chief Design Officer, said, the work on the STLA large platform is already well underway in our design studios. So far, they look to him as some of the most beautiful cars they've designed yet. We can't be sure if the 3D models shown in this video are teasers of, uh, of, the, of upcoming models, or if they're final design for production, or if they are simple mock-up outlines for show purposes. However, the design development should start a long time before the debut of each model, and if Stellantis is not following the comical example of the former FCA group that came out with a different model plan every year, disregarding the previous one, we assume that at least some of the teasers will bear some resemblance to the final product. So let's take a look at Stellantis' forthcoming medium and large, large size models coming in the next five years. Firstly, we have a long-range luxury sedan. This long-range luxury sedan will probably wear Chrysler's badge. The teaser shows an aerodynamic fastback silhouette with toned-up fenders and an integrated spoiler. Judging from the size, we guess it could be a Tesla Model S rival, also competing with the upcoming fully electric Audi, e Audi A6 e-tron, BMW i5, and Mercedes-Benz EQE. Two more low-riding models will probably be the electric successors of the aging Dodge Charger and Challenger. The chief designer gave us a hint of an all-conquering muscle car, and Dodge's own presentation talked about the e-muscle. Dodge will launch the first full battery electric muscle car in 2024, and judging from the teaser, its design will, will largely be inspired by the 68 Charger. Jeep SUV number one. Moving on to the SUVs, there is a variety of Stellantis models coming our way. First, there is a Jeep-branded SUV that looks slightly smaller than the two-row Jeep Grand Cherokee unveiled yesterday. It has a different window line, so different, it has a different belt line and or, yeah, a different belt line. It has a different window line and a soft and a softer approach on its front end while retaining the squared wheel arches and the signature grille. All this makes us wonder if this is the regular Cherokee's electrified successor, Jeep SUV number two. This looks decidedly more Hummer-like in, in, in outline. There is a second Jeep that looks quite promising with rugged looks thanks to its boxy shape. Boxy shape, imposing dimensions, off-road tires, and external spare tire at the back. Ralph Jules described it as a very capable Jeep off-roading white space opportunity vehicle. The unibody construction of the STLA large platform differentiates it from the Wrangler and Gladiator models. However, it is designed with short front and rear overhangs, allowing for great off-road angles. Then we have a sporty crossover. A high-riding model with a wholly different approach is this sporty and muscular SUV that was also part of the teasers. Although there is no official information on this design, details like the elongated headlights and taillights, the heavy inclined rear windscreen, and the dynamic lines on the bonnet make us, make us believe it will be a Dodge-branded electric SUV aiming at performance. Maybe the, maybe the journey successor we're looking for. It is rumored that Dodge is developing a new Hornet, sharing its underpinnings with the upcoming Alfa Romeo Tonal, or Tonal C SUV, compact SUV, or, you know, CUV. I digress. 
However, the pictured SUV on the teaser is definitely larger and based on the STLA large, or sorry, is definitely larger based on the STLA large architecture. Judging from its silhouette, it could be closely related to the upcoming fully electric version of the Maserati Grisal, even though no one can be certain at this point. Among the eight vehicles shown in the teaser video, we had difficulty identifying two more SUVs. The one on the left with the five-spoke alloy wheels could be the electric successor of the Dodge Durango, but it is really difficult to make a guess based on the one about. The, sorry, it is really hard to make a guess about the one on the left. Feel free to help us out in the comments section below. While the plan sounds confusing and details are scarce at the moment, we really hope Stellantis makes it right with all 14 brands avoiding the mistakes of the past, especially for Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. It is important for the U.S. audience to see them chair, to see them flourish, I would imagine, given the big opportunity of electrification. We just hope those plans materialize, even though many of you will take them with a grain of salt, and not for no reason either. Which one of the upcoming Solantis models are you most excited for? Do you think the fully electric powertrains will be a good fit for traditional nameplates? Let us know in the comments section below. Moving on from that article, we're going we're gonna to talk about the four new EV platforms in depth. Stellantis's EV day was packed with flashy teasers, but the more important news is the four newly announced platforms that will serve as the backbone of the company's future. With that in mind, we're taking a closer look at the architectures and their initial specifications. Kicking things off is the STLA small platform, which will underpin the company's small vehicles. The automaker didn't go into specifics, but a chart suggested models based on the architecture will roughly measure between 137.8 and 165.4 inches, or 3,500 to 4,200 millimeters long. These models are slated to have 37 to 80, 82 kilowatt hour battery packs, which promise to provide a range of up to 300 miles or 500 kilometers. They will also have 400 volt technology, as well as an electric motor developing 94 horsepower or 70 kilowatts or 95 PS. However, some STLA small models will have upgraded motors that produce between 168 horsepower or 125 kilowatts slash 170 PS and 241 horsepower or 180 kilowatts or 245 PS. Moving on, the STLA medium platform will underpin premium vehicles that roughly measure between 165.4 to 196.9 inches or 4,200 to 5,000 millimeters long. They'll have 87 to 104 kilowatt hour, kilowatt hour battery packs which deliver up to 440 miles or 700 kilometers of range. The majority of these models will have an electric motor that develops between 168 horsepower or 125 kilowatts or 170 PS and 240 horse, 241 horsepower or 180 kilowatts or 245 PS. So same as the higher up STLA small models. However, some will have models with outputs ranging from 201 horsepower or 150 kilowatts or 204 PS to 443 horsepower, which is 330 kilowatts or 449 PS. So you know, what is it? The Peugeot 4... What is it? 504? Is it the... I think it's the 405 PSE. That car? I imagine the more powerful electric motors might find might find homes in models like that in some of the PSE models, uh, some of the mid-sized PSE models. One step up from that is the STLA large platform, which we just talked about, which will underpin all, sorry, which will underpin all-wheel drive performance vehicles as well as American muscle cars. They'll measure around 189 to 216.5 inches or 4,800 millimeters to 5,500 millimeters long and have 101 to 118 kilowatt hour battery packs which allow for ranges of up to 500 miles or 800, or 800 kilometers. 
Some STLA large vehicles will use electric motors with outputs ranging from 168 horsepower, 125 kilowatts, or 178 PS to 241 horsepower, or 180 kilowatts to 245 PS. However, the majority will have models that crank out between 201 horsepower, 150 kilowatts, or 204 PS, and 4 to 443 horsepower, 330 kilowatts, or 449 PS. I was kind of hoping it'd be a little bit more on the high output uh, electric motors, but oh well. It's also worth mentioning there will be all-wheel drive variants, so we could potentially see combined outputs, at, combined outputs as high as 885 horsepower, 660 kilowatts, or 897 PS for dual motor setups. The company alluded to this as they noted their upcoming EVs will be able to accelerate from 0 to 62 miles per hour or 0 to 100 kilometers per hour in as little as 2 seconds. That's quicker than the 840 horsepower, 626 kilowatt or 851 PS Dodge Challenger SRT Demon, which took 2.3 seconds to hit 60 miles per hour or 96 kilometers per hour. Lastly, the STLA frame is a body-on-frame, called it, platform designed for full-size full trucks and SUVs such as Ram's F-150 Lightning competitor. It will underpin vehicles measuring around 220.5 to 244.1 inches or 5,600 to 6,200 millimeters in length and have 159 to 200 plus kilowatt hour battery packs providing a range of up to 500 miles or 800 kilometers. These vehicles will offer 400 volt and 800 volt technology as well as electric motors with outputs ranging from 201 horsepower, 150 kilowatts or 204 PS to 443 horsepower, 330 kilowatts or 449 PS. All wheel drive variants are a given and that means they too could have combined outputs of up to 885 horsepower or 660 kilowatts or 897 PS. Next, we have what Ram is bringing to the table here. Well, at least what they're bringing specifically. During the Stellantis Group's EV Day or Stellantis Group's EV Day presentation on Thursday, company executives finally confirmed that the long-rumored Ram mid-size pickup truck is coming. Without going into details, Stellantis hinted at an electric model. You shouldn't confuse the mid-size EV truck with the Ram 1500 BEV or BEV full-size pickup, as these two are different models. The smaller of the two is built on the STLA large platform, which means it will have a unibody construction and not the traditional body on frame construction. This effectively means that this is going to be Ram's Honda Ridge. Or sorry, Honda Ridge line. When it goes on sale, it will rival the upcoming EV version of the Ford Maverick, even though the teaser of it looks kind of looks larger. And yeah, that is definitely the case. Besides the eight... STLA large base models, Stellantis also offered a glimpse of the upcoming Ram 1500 BEV NREPB, Range Electric Paradigm Breaker, what the mess? Full-size pickups expected to launch in 2024. Both of them will sit on the STLA frame platform. The fully electric Ram will have a 500 mile or 800 kilometer range and fast charging capability of 150 kilowatt hours. It will be a rival to the Ford F-150 Lightning, Tesla Cybertruck, Rivian R1T, and many more full-size pickups with electric powertrains that have already been announced. As for the REBP version, which was covered in the preview, we don't really know if it's going to be a plug-in hybrid or use a different type of range extender technology. On Ram's own video presentation, we only saw a futuristic sketch of the 1500 BEV. However, in the Stellantis three-hour-long webcast, we found this 3D model showing a more detailed representation of the product, which looks more plausible yet significantly different from the original sketch. With that out of the way, though, let's get back to the other news, starting with F uh, McLaren Formula 1's Fall from Grace. 
In the years between 2000 and 2010, McLaren was a major force in Formula One, winning races and championships thanks in no small part to its, to its partnership with Mercedes. A few years later, it was so far off the pace that it had become a backmarker. The story of McLaren's decline is tracked in a video produced by The Race, which argues that troubles can be linked back to the team's loss of a Mercedes engine, something it has only regained this year as it finally appears to be edging close to the top of the Formula One field. Ultimately though, the loss of McLaren's engine partnership, its controversies, and its fall from grace all come down to bad blood between Ron Dennis and the then head of FIA, Max Mosley, who died in May. The story starts with a look back at the spy scandal that rocked Formula One in 2007. The story goes that Nigel Stephanie, Ferrari's disgruntled chief engineer, gave trade secrets to McLaren. When the late Max Mosley discovered this, he stepped in to find the British team a record $100 million and take away all of his championship points, some say vindictively. This was galling to Mercedes, which was a part owner of the team and was therefore on the hook for 40% of the fine, even though it knew nothing about Stephanie Gate, as it was then named. The relationship between Mercedes and McLaren was soured, and, was, and it was worsened by the impression that McLaren team, team boss Ron Dennis' longtime feud with Mosley was getting in the way of the team's performance on the track. In fact, Dennis's feud with Mosley, who was trying to disempower some of the sport's biggest teams, led to Mercedes supplying engines to Braun GP, which would eventually become Mercedes' worst team. In an effort to keep a team on the grid and in Formula One Teams Association, Dennis wavered McLaren's veto, allowing Mercedes to supply Braun GP with an engine. Following another minor scandal, the race argues that Mercedes felt it was once again being caught in a personal battle between Dennis and Mosley, and by 2009, Mercedes bought Braun GP, relegating, Mercedes, er, relegating McLaren to a simple engine customer. By 2014, Mercedes' own F1 team was the one winning championships, and McLaren had fallen to fifth among teams with, far, with farther left to fall. I'm gonna have to watch that video, that sounds really interesting. And now for the recalls. Airbags are back in the news as General- oh god dang it. As General Motors is recalling 410,019 pickups in the United States. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, or NHTSA, 2015-2016 Chevrolet Silverado and GMC Sierra 1500, 2500, and 3500 pickup trucks have roof rail airbags with inflator end caps that may detach from the inflator or have an inflator sidewall that may rupture. If this happens, the airbags could deploy without warning. Unfortunately, this isn't theoretical either, as there were three incidents in June alone. All of them happened in 2015 Silverado pickups and saw their steel inflator body sidewall split open, suddenly releasing the gas stored inside the, can inside the chamber. Thankfully, all three incidents occurred when the trucks were unoccupied and not in use. That is really lucky. While that's good news, airbags that can deploy without warning are never a good thing, especially if they go off when someone is driving. That being said, the NHTSA noted the issue is caused by corrosion inside the inflator vessel, which is a result of moisture introduced into the vessel during the supplier's manufacturing process and, and aggravated by thermal cycling in high temperature climate regions. So what? Florida, Texas, California, and, uh, and Georgia likely, you know, Hotlanta. GM is taking, is taking quick action as they decided to conduct a safety recall less than two weeks after being made aware of the first incident. 
As part of the effort, dealers will replace the left and right roof rail airbags and owners will be mailed a warning about the issue next month. A second notice will then be sent out when the fix is available. Basically, you can expect a fix tomorrow, or sorry, not tomorrow, next month in August. But if you listen to the podcast, you know now. So uh, yeah, be careful and you may or may not want to drive your trucks for a little while. Next, we have what seems to be another airbag recall, but this time from Mazda. Your brand logo shattering and injuring people in an accident is, as the kids say, not a good look. No, it's as the kids say, not poggers. So Mazda is recalling 260,950 Mazda 3 sold between 2004 and 2007 to fix the problem. According to a document published by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, or NHTSA, the problem was first noted in a 2015 incident from the outside of the U.S. Sorry, from outside of the U.S., in which an occupant's face was injured by scattered fragments of the logo when the airbag was activated in a crash. An investigation run by Mazda's parts supplier determined that hydrolysis was confirmed to have occurred on the broken logo, which was made of polyurethane. It was hypothesized that the reaction accelerated the deterioration of the logo, making it likelier to shatter. The supplier made a change to the logo's chemical makeup in 2006, so vehicles produced after that model, sorry, so vehicles produced after that model year 2007 are not included in the recall. Early on, Mazda assumed that the degree of the injury to the face was low, reasoning that the facial injuries in early reports were similar to those occurring during the normal deployment of an airbag. In 2019, though, an occupant's eye was injured by the shattering logo. This year, Mazda received its 10th field incident globally and became worried that injuries might only become worse as time went on, (laughs) you think, per the document and decided to initiate a recall. Owners of Model 3s from model years 2004 to 2007 can expect notification letters to be mailed out on August 28th. That's a little late. Mazda will replace the logo on the steering wheel free of charge. So either, either, here's what you do. Either you don't drive your Mazda 3 or you get a helmet that covers your face. I know that seems like a lot, but you do not want your eye. You do not want your eye to be injured, especially not while, you know, you're driving. Alrighty, let's talk about the fire hazard recall from General Motors trucks. General Motors has issued a recall for a number of 2017 to 2019 Chevrolet Silverado and GMC Sierra pickup trucks due to a short circuit issue. The recall impacts models equipped with the automaker's Duramax diesel 6.6 liter V8 that include the optional engine block heater cord. According to the company, (laughs) the company, I can't even say it another way, I can't think of another way to say it. According to the company, a short circuit can develop in the engine block heater cable or in the terminals that connect the heater cable to the block heater. This can trigger coolant leaks and customers may notice a smoke or a burning smell, poor block heater performance, tripped circuit, tripped circuit breakers or blown vehicle fuses, damage to the block heater, the heater cable or engine components, and block heater coolant pooling under the vehicle. Basically, you may notice a myriad of issues but those specifically. GM first became aware of the issue when a quality manager submitted a report to the company's Speak Up for Safety campaign after inspecting an engine block heater recovered from a 2019 Chevrolet Silverado 3500 in February of this year. The owner of the truck had reported, had reported witnessing sparks from under the hood of the engine block heater that was plugged in. The GM quality manager noted that the engine block heater was leaking coolant. 
The Detroit company said that it has 24 reports of fires potentially caused by this problem from December from December 3rd, 2019 through May 28th, 2021, adding that it is not aware of, of any injuries related to this issue. Vehicles involved in the in the recall include 208,546 Chevrolet Silverado 2500 and 3500 models built between July 18th, 2016 and May 10th, 2019. In addition, 122,728 GMC Sierra 2500 and 3500 models also built between July 18th, 2016 and May 10th, 2019 are involved. General Motors is still in the midst of developing a remedy for the issue and plans to notify owners of the recall on August 16th. But you're notified now, so if you can help it, try not to drive the trucks as much. Alrighty, and now for that emissions cartel story we talked about before the second segment. The European Commission imposed a fine on Volkswagen and BMW to the tune of 502 million euros or 594 million dollars and 373 million euros or 441 million dollars respectively for colluding to curb the use of diesel emissions cleaning technology. In the case, which is separate from VW's Dieselgate scandal, somehow, Volkswagen and BMW were fined for colluding with Mercedes and not reducing emissions as much as they were capable of doing. It sets the precedent in the EU in the EU, and although the automaker settled, they have expressed concerns about its ramifications. This case centers around high-level talks held between Volkswagen, BMW, and Mercedes, with the latter altering the EU to the top. Oh, sorry, alerting the EU to the talks and not facing fines. These talks revolved around settling design standards for AdBlue additive technology that kept the companies from competing with with each other. This is a first. European Union antitrust chief Margaret. Vestager, hopefully I got both names right, said per Reuters, uh, Reuters, we have never had a cartel whose purpose was to restrict the use of novel technology. AdBlue tanks were installed on diesel vehicles in order to cleanse nitrogen oxide from their exhaust gases. The, the problem was that the three companies agreed to keep those tanks smaller than they could have otherwise, than, than they could have otherwise been. Prosecutors argued that between 2006 and 2014, the automakers agreed to restrict the size of the AdBlue tanks in their vehicles. That made their use less effective and ultimately led the diesel vehicles to pollute more than they could have. So this is still Dieselgate, but it's not VW Dieselgate. Although unrelated, nitrogen oxide was one of the pollutants that VW's Dieselgate, see, scandal revolved around. Although it's settled, Volkswagen said it is considering taking further legal action arguing that the precedent set by this case is questionable. The commission is entering new judicial territory because it is creating technical cooperation for the first time as an antitrust violation, Volkswagen said, arguing that the fines came despite no customer suffering more harm than they would have otherwise. Today's decision is about how legitimate technical cooperation went wrong, and we do not tolerate it when companies collude, argued Vestager. Alrighty, now it's time for a break, because this segment went for 25 minutes. This has been a really long segment. So I will see you all after the break for the final segment. While we take this short and elevator musicless break, sorry, I would like to inform you all that there is more CCC content for you to enjoy. For articles, videos, polls, quizzes, posts about the podcast, and even a little bit more, please head on over to my all-new Cody's Car Conundrum website. With a whole new design and all my content in one place, the new Cody's Car Conundrum website is the home of everything I do with CCC. Just go to codyscarconundrum.com to devour even more car-based content. Alrighty, everyone, we are back. 
2021 Ford Bronco and Jeep Wrangler 392 hit dealers with insane markups. We found several 2021 Ford Broncos listed for around $100,000. What? What? What kind of ripoff bullcrap is that? Get out of here. Get out of here. Ford, legal action. Make these dealers. Force them to sell them at MSRP. This is stupid. While one Jeep Wrangler 392 had a $112,000 asking price. No. God, no. No, 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 and no. Look, I love me a Wrangler. And I actually like the new Bronco. Neither are worth more than six figures. Neither. Get get out of here with your not with your nonsensical pricing. Jesus Christ. Porsche 911 Turbo Test Car spotted hiding new hybrid tech. This might be a roughly 700 horsepower hybrid version of the 911 Turbo set to rival the McLaren Artura and the Ferrari 296 GTB. You can now configure a Zenvo TSRS, but would you pay 1.8 million for one? The Zenvo TSRS can be optioned with various tinted carbon fiber finishes. Semiconductor shortage to continue through 2022, according to Reynolds CEO. According to Luca DeMio, hopefully I got that right. Reynolds' major suppliers are referring to the semiconductor shortage as a structural thing that will be with us through 2022. Abarth announces all its models will be electric from 2024. That really makes me sad, actually. Could the first all-electric Abarth model be an upgraded version of the 500e? Maybe. 2022 BMW 2 Series makes its world debut at Goodwood Festival of Speed. BMW has showcased the 2022 2 Series Coupe in a striking shade of purple. Tesla launches cheaper standard range Model Y in China. Tesla introduced a new Model Y standard range in China with 326 miles of range and an MSRP of $42,500. Genesis G70 shooting brake flies up the Goodwood Hill Climb and is chased by a drone. Take a ride through Goodwood House and up the hill climb course following the brand new Genesis G70 shooting brake. Ford is offering a $100 Amazon gift card to F-Series buyers experiencing delays. That is nowhere near enough. Though I imagine that's the max they can offer. Well, unless they offered each customer two, because then that'd be $200. But anyway, select customers who have been waiting for their F-Series pickup to be delivered will get 100 e-gift card, $100 e-gift card. Pulsar 2 with 469 horsepower and stiffer suspension to tackle Goodwood Hill Climb. The experimental prototype has more power than the two has more power from the two electric motors, new brakes, larger wheels, and a heavily tuned suspension for improved handling. Who away? Huawei? Huawei? I don't know. Will provide 4G technology to 30 million VW Group models. Huawei is China's largest holder of 4G and 5G communications technology patents. Huawei just sounds like a type. Just type. Jesus Christ! It just sounds like a type of ramen to me. Like a, perhaps a spicy type of ramen, but that's what it sounds like. The 2021 Livewire One is a Harley Davidson in disguise, and it costs nearly eight thousand less. The 2022 Toyota GR86 is now available in Gran Turismo Sport. Oh, you love to hear it. The 2022 Toyota GR86 features a 2.4-liter four-cylinder engine, delivering 228 horsepower and 184 pound-feet of torque. 2022 Mercedes GLC spied with production lighting units. An all-new GLC is in the works, and it, sh and it should follow in the footsteps of the C-Class. 2021 Shelby 
F-150 debuts in sporty looks and up to 775 horsepower. The Shelby F-150 offers a supercharged 5-liter with more power than the Ram 1500 TRX, but likely no warranty. It also doesn't look like it's meant to be a pre-runner style truck, it just looks like a really tall street truck. But, whatever. Renault Megane EV to debut at the Munich Motor Show. The electric crossover will have 215 horsepower and a range of up to 280 miles. Wells Vertage is an 850kg mid-engine sports car from the UK. Wells' first, uh, first car features a steel monocoque and a Ford Source engine and will be produced in limited numbers. Opel goes all-electric by 2028 and brings back the Manta as an EV- GOD DANG IT! Why are all the good car days being ruined? Why are all the good cars being ruined? <laughs> They're getting perverted into electric boring boxes. <laughs> you could have at least made it a sports car, an electric sports car. <laughs> God, we live in the worst timeline. Opel lays out its three-pronged plan for the coming decade. Going EV only in Europe, going EV only in China, and bringing the Manta E to market mid-decade. Dodge teases electric muscle car concept, and apparently, it looks like a 68 Charger. Though judging from some of the things I've seen in the teaser, I think it's actually just a really, a really, really wicked-looking Challenger wide-body that's electric. But, hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to wait to see. Stellantis to spend $35 billion! Billion with a B on electrification strategy for all 14 brands by 2025. VW to sell a stake in, in Electrify America, looking for $1 billion investment? This could be the first sign of what Volkswagen is planning for Electrify America after it is no longer legally required to pay for it. That is going to be it for today, everyone. Remember, I have a new Ko-fi page, which is basically just Patreon. So if you like what I do and you want to support my work, please go over to Ko-fi. That is ko hyphen fi.com forward slash Cody's car conundrum and then you can donate and that really helps me out a lot but frankly so does sharing the episode liking the episode and following the podcast as well as if you watch on youtube liking sharing commenting and subscribing and if you do subscribe i really do appreciate that please make sure you hit the little notification bell and then all notifications that way you're notified every time i upload if you want to listen to this podcast on the road but you don't have want the pod be mobile app hey no problem Boot up wherever you get your podcast, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.